Do you ever feel like it's Groundhog Day or that you're continually in the thick of it with work and with your life? That's one of the most common themes among you guys, my listeners, that you feel like you're so in the weeds of today that it's hard to see how the vision's actually going to play out. You have vision, but you can't see how those dots connect. The common thread among entrepreneurs who feel the glory of that wholesome success in both their life's work and in their homes with the people they love is that they are present in today without feeling stuck in the weeds and committed to building a future thinking business. So where do you start? What deserves your focus as you go from being constantly on defense and reactionary to offense? I'm going to tell you and the end result will be your feeling aligned and hopeful for what's next. Pull up a seat to the table. You are listening to the Luminary Leadership Podcast, where we elevate successful entrepreneurs into powerful leaders doing work that really matters. After working with countless entrepreneurs, I've noticed a theme. No matter the level of success achieved, they get to this place where they're asking, now what? If you're listening to this, you get it. You're craving more impact. You want to do work that means something, and you want to be known for it, too. Somewhere along the way, it wasn't just about growing a business anymore. It became time to build your legacy. Plus, building the dream at the expense of everything else that matters, family, freedom, joy, is no dream at all. The Luminary Leadership Podcast is where industry leaders come to break through to their next level of achievement, purpose, and impact. I'm your host, Elizabeth Hartke, and I'm here to raise up this generation of leaders, us, so we can do our part in raising up the next generation of little luminaries. Get ready as we break down all things entrepreneurial leadership in a way that isn't being talked about. We both know you don't just need another strategy. It's time for your breakthrough. I'm a dreamer by nature, so I'm regularly envisioning the future and possibilities of what we're going to do as a company and what it's all going to look like. But I remember a time where I felt like I was totally out of congruence, almost out of integrity with reality and what I was dreaming of because I was on this seesaw where one minute I'd be dreaming of the future and the next minute I felt totally stuck in the muck of trying to forge ahead. They didn't exist in harmony for me, and it was so frustrating because in my mind, I was grinding and working with the hopes that would eventually guide me into the future vision that I had, but it wasn't happening. It was almost like they were two separate things. I had the vision over here and the work I was doing over here, and they weren't connecting. I now know why that is, but at the time, it all felt really heavy and impossible, like maybe there was something wrong with me or my business, or I needed another strategy, or I had this attitude of, if I just get to X, or if I just do X, then I can finally Y, right? That mentality of, if then this, then that, like I can just get through it if I just get to this next benchmark. There was not just one more hurdle to climb, though. So when I started to study the people that I admired in all areas of life, not just business success, but they had thriving marriages or they had really well-adjusted kids that were finding their own levels of success, I saw that they weren't living life on defense. They were not reacting or even just responding, but they were proactively developing the vision and those two worlds did connect for them. 
They could see clearly where they were going, but they also saw what was necessary in the granular, what they had to be doing in order to get there. And sure, you have to do the little granular things, but those people, they don't live there and they don't stay there and they don't dwell there. They make space for where they're going and they don't operate as though they're forever trying to maintain what is. And sometimes that's the disillusion of entrepreneurship of I'm going to continue doing what I'm doing and this is going to get me somewhere new when in reality it's just keeping us exactly where we are. And that's where most people stay, picturing the future while continuing to do the things that got them there, not the things that will get them to where they want to go next. So the first step, in my humble opinion, is breaking free of this feast or famine way of thinking, this launch to launch, event to event, quarter to quarter, even year to year. When we only operate in the, okay, what's this next chunk of time that we're working on or focused on or this next project or this next launch, it keeps us on the hamster wheel. It doesn't change our trajectory. There's a difference between the goal and the trajectory. It was funny. Sometimes this happens to me where I'm sound asleep. I always keep a notebook by my bed because I'm blind as a bat. So once my contacts come out, forget it. All bets are off. I have to like feel my way to the bathroom. But I keep a notebook and a pen And when something strikes me in the middle of the night, I just lean over in the total darkness and I scribble on this notepad. And it usually looks like absolute gibberish because I can't see what I'm doing, but I can get the essence of it. Sometimes it looks like I was half in the bag when I wrote it because it is like gibberish. It makes no sense. And the dots don't connect in my thought. But at the time in the middle of the night, oh my gosh, I thought I struck gold. I thought it was brilliant. But sometimes it actually makes some sense. I'm like, dang, my half-asleep brain is smarter than my fully awake one sometimes. So when I was away at these back-to-back mastermind retreats I was hosting, both for my Maverick Mastermind and my Luminary Leadership Incubator, we were down in Florida, and I was in the hotel room, sound asleep by myself, and I have this thought, and I have that zing of, gotta write this down, Liz, it's gonna be brilliant. Well, half of it literally made no sense whatsoever, but there was one little piece that made sense to me, and I wanted to share it with you guys because it's exactly what we're talking about here in this idea of building a future thinking business, really being in the game of leadership and getting out of the reactive nature of goal to goal or launch to launch or feast or famine business model that most people operate out of and into something that's going to elevate you into the future and into what's next for you. So what I scribbled on this paper, which was very difficult to read the next morning, was trajectory is greater than a goal because it's rooted in reality. So what I think I meant by that in reflecting on it later was that we often operate one goal at a time or maybe even multiple goals at a time and we're jumping from stone to stone. But those stones aren't necessarily leading us into the future or the vision or the journey that we actually want to be on. So when you connect those goals, what's the trajectory? Where are you really aiming and going? Because you could be setting goals that are taking you away from where you're called to go. So the trajectory is more important than that next thing you're planning. Even that next year you're planning, you have to look off into the distance. And the way you do that is kind of drawing that line from thing to thing and looking at the actual trajectory. Where are you headed? Where is it taking you? And is it taking you where you want to go? Because you have to be rooted in that reality. You have to be willing to look at the goals you're setting or looking the actions you're taking or the things that you're doing and saying, 
to yourself, is this ultimately leading me there or is it leading me away from it? That's leadership. Leadership is the willingness to look into the future and acting on what you see there in that future vision. Let me say that one more time because it's so critical. Leadership is looking into that future vision, right? And acting on what you see in that future vision, even if it feels outside of the realm of possibility based on where you are today. We tend to operate based on what we see right in the here and now. We don't take actions based on where we have not yet been, which is why we stay where we are right now. The businesses that don't see into that future are the ones that don't stand the test of time or they don't evolve in the ways they could or should have. And they're limited in their possibility. They're capped. At best, they survive, never fully tapping into their potential. And I'm talking also about the founder, not just the business itself, but you, the person behind the business, the one that will either experience the potential or won't. But more than likely, they ultimately don't make it or don't ever find their sense of purpose and joy in their work. And to me, that's the travesty. So the first piece is getting out of a feast or famine business. Stop being so reactionary. Don't just operate by the next launch. Don't just operate even by the next quarter or the next year. Are you projecting out into the future and seeing your trajectory, where you're actually going? The next piece is hiring for where you're going. This is not something we always did as a team. Okay, so I totally understand the feeling of hiring out of desperation or immediate need. You're drowning. There's too much on your plate. And sometimes that's necessary. Maybe something happened or you grew really fast and now there's a new need within the business. But it's not a part of the plan to take you somewhere new. It's to plug a sinking ship. So when people operate continually on the defense or in the weeds, they're hiring to plug those holes. They're not hiring for that future vision they have. They're hiring to fill an immediate need. So my hope for you is to shine some light on the fact that you don't have to just hire for where you are today, for the needs of the right now. You want to hire for where you're going. Now, if you are in a situation where there is a need, when you go to make that hire, you don't want it just to be reactionary. Maybe it's what you need today, but you're also taking into consideration that future vision when you make that hire today. Are you taking into account the culture that you're trying to create within your company, the people you will need to bring the vision to fruition? So as you make those hires, start thinking again about that trajectory and who do you need to fill those gaps in order to proceed to that beautiful vision that you have, not just who do you need to get through this next launch. Because guess what? That launch will end and that person will still be there. And are they the right person to guide you into what's next? Now, there are plenty of ways to do this correctly and plenty of ways to do it wrong. I've done both. Probably more of the wrong, which is why I can speak to this so well. So uh, what I'm not saying is hire outside of your means. For example, you're currently bringing in $100,000 of profit a year and you're going to go hire a CEO from some major company because they brought this other billion dollar company there, that would be ridiculous. So you're not just hiring 10 years into the future for bringing someone on that you can't afford. At the same rate, you don't want to hire trying to just save every penny because your team is your most valuable asset. So you should invest in them accordingly. 
You have to look at ROI. What's coming next and how is this person going to help us facilitate that growth or see more return on our investment of that hire? Now, this is a key piece. Do not hire this person assuming that they will be the solution. As a leader, you craft that solution and see this person as a part of that mission in bringing that solution to life. So don't hire just for talent and sit back and wait for them to solve it for you. That's poor leadership. Hire because you see them as an integral part of the journey forward. They will feel the difference, as will your business. Again, I've made this mistake. And not too long ago, too. I've ha- I felt the good and the bad of making positive choices within the team and negative ones. I've felt the detriment of hiring just to plug a sinking ship and then having to recalibrate and having turnover and the stressors that come with having to hire again anyway. And I've also done it the other way where I've hired someone assuming they were, you know, the magic solution to the problems we were facing and kicked my feet up and waited for them to to work their magic and change everything for us. And that's just not how it works. It wasn't too long ago that we were looking to bring someone in for strategy and for the possibility of where we felt called to go as a company. So I was all about hiring for where we were going, and I was really embracing that, but I wasn't doing it from a leadership standpoint. I was doing it from someone who wanted to bring someone on that was going to do something that I couldn't do. So I was looking for someone that had the skill sets and the gifts and the experience that I didn't have, and I was willing to pay for that. And I didn't take into account the culture we were creating. I didn't take into account how does this person operate within a team? How does this person lead? I was just taking into account their resume. What have they done that I want to be mirrored within my business? They did it in that person's business. I can bring them in and they'll automatically do it in my business. Within a couple days of this person being within our team, the culture started to shift and my incredibly tight-knit family-style company started to feel the pressure of having someone come in who didn't respect our values or our culture, and everybody was feeling the weight of it. But in my mind, I was thinking, all right, I'm hiring for where we're going, so this is these are just growing pains, and they're just holding up the mirror, not realizing how much we were being disrespected and systems were being broken, and it just was a nightmare. Thankfully, I have a team that really holds me accountable to our values as a company. And one of my team members who's been with me for a very long time, who knows me so well and is essentially like family to me, asked to have a call with me, which I talk to her all the time. And she said, how long do you expect us to endure this? And I said, but you know what? This person is going to be filling that gap. Like we haven't done these things before. And she has. And she said, yeah, at what cost, Liz? You're bringing this person in and allowing them to just steamroll every human being that you've poured into for the last several years for the sake of what you think her potential is within the company. But you're not actually hiring for where you're going. You're hiring out of a selfish desire to get there faster and to skip parts in the process. And she was totally right. We were at this point where we were launching something new and it was bigger than anything that we had done before. And she had the expertise around that thing. 
and my hope was that I could just hire and have her kind of fill that gap. And I didn't really have to lead her because lead her because she was a leader. Well, she wasn't a leader. She was a, a manager and a steamroller. And the weight, it was actually slowing us down. And when I came to my senses and realized that we were just totally out of alignment in our values and we severed that cord, <laughs> that program that we launched went from feeling like we were pulling teeth to filling completely and breaking our even our highest push goal with it that she was in charge of. Not because she wasn't gifted or because she didn't have what it takes to do that kind of thing because she'd done it many times before, but she had done it in organizations that didn't value the same things that we value. And the cost was too great. Not the financial cost, the ultimate cost within the team and what is most important of what we're building, which is not just financial. So I thought I was hiring for where we were going. I was willing to invest more than I had ever invested in in a hire, only to find that it was uh, at the degradation of the culture and what really mattered most to us. Now, on the flip side of the coin, God has his own ways of opening doors. And although that was a very painful experience, both for me and my team, they are loyal and they stuck by me and they called me out and we grew through it together. It was one of the most valuable learning experiences I've ever had as a leader because I saw myself shrinking and getting smaller and this person coming in and me allowing them to do the steamrolling they did and not having the courage to stand up for my team and not having the courage to call them out on where they were falling short in leadership and what our expectations were. And I was shrinking. And I allowed the insecurities that come with new level, new devil, right? I was allowing those insecurities to really take hold and strangle me. It wasn't her fault at all. It was my fault. It was what I was allowing to happen. It was what I was not willing to take ownership of. Now, that experience taught me so much. And God opened some doors and connected me with someone who's the polar opposite, who came in acknowledging our values and our mission and couldn't even speak to it without getting teary-eyed because they were so connected to it. And they had even more experience and came with an even greater price tag. And my heart was a little bit guarded in that situation because I was like, man, if I take this leap again, am I doing the wrong thing by my team? Well, we talked about it as a team and we brought this person into the fray to really get to know them first. And immediately the team knew that they were a part of this mission. They knew that they were going to be the the hire that was going to be part of this family that was going to lead this mission forward. So I had people to kind of check me this time, and I trusted that that gut feeling and that intuition, and everything has been full speed ahead since then. It really was hiring for where we were going because we took into account who this person was and how they respected us and how they wanted to live out this purpose within our mission. So just know, don't just hire for the sake of hiring or just hire based on talent. Hiring for where you're going is not strictly based on a resume. It's on that human being and how they're going to integrate into that culture and that future vision of what you have. That future vision should not just be a number in a spreadsheet, a goal, a financial goal. It should not just be a number of people that you bring into your company. It should be so much more than that. It should have a pulse. It should have uh, some definition behind the culture and the values and the integrity of the whole process. And you want to make sure that they align with that. Another 
important piece of building this future thinking business, this really leadership run company or business that you have is letting go of what the gurus are telling you and breaking free of comparing yourself to your peers and how they're doing it. It's never the full picture, nor is it representative of you or your mission or your vision and the path that you actually want to take there. So this is just a quick aside. I know you've heard it many times, but I want you to hear it. I want you to embrace it. I know there is someone in this last week that you've been scrolling on Instagram and you had that twinge of jealousy or beating yourself up because you're not where you're meant to be. You have to take ownership of the fact that that is a lead weight attached to your ankle as you try to pursue this dream. And there are so many gurus out there trying to tell you this is one size fits all. Here's my methodology. It'll make you your next million. It's a bunch of bull. And that's also another cinder block now tied to your other ankle. Do you want to tap into where you're called to go or do you want to keep being distracted by these people that are claiming to have the secret? I will never claim to have a secret. I share what works, I share what has worked for me, and I encourage everyone to make it their own. And in my programs, the reason we keep them tight is so that we can really get under the hood of each and every person's business and come up with the right game plan and roadmap and possibility and values that align with who they are, not who I think they should be or what will make them their next buck at the expense of the things that actually matter to them. So if there's someone that's been in your earbuds or on your social media or a blog you've been reading or someone you've been reading their books that's trying to sell you a process, I'm not telling you it's bad. Take what works from it and make it your own. There are plenty of people I've learned from that I'm so grateful for their methodologies and their processes and their frameworks. I'm not saying those are bad things. I'm saying that you are not a cookie to fit inside a cookie cutter. You are not designed to play by someone else's rule book based on what worked for their lives if it's not in alignment with you. So don't be afraid to question the authority that's in front of you. Don't be afraid to do it differently and to own that you're doing it differently because you should be proud of the fact that you're living in alignment with who you're called to be, not trying to fit into someone else's mold. Plus, just that's what's going to set you apart. Don't be another person going through another process that someone else created because you're just going to blend in with everybody else. Okay, so this next one is critical. Taking risks. I had a conversation with my director of operations the other day and we were just kind of chatting. And I was like, man, think about all the things we've done. Pretty much every single one of them has been prior to us having the evidence that it was going to work. And many of them failed. But to me, action breeds answers. So for all the people that are sitting there trying to map out their next thing, without taking any kind of risk or action, they're expecting to get accurate answers within their vacuum. Just doesn't work that way. And like with everything in life that is worth achieving, obtaining, having, experiencing, if you think that it's going to come by playing it safe, then you cray. That's just not how life works. And there are so many of you that are tuning in that have found some level of success and you know you're called into the next thing, but you're really comfortable where you are because it's working, right? It's, it's pr- you have proof of product, right? But that gut feeling into something else would require a risk. Now, I'm not telling you to put your family at risk. Take this 
crazy and, you know, make an investment that could put you out on your butt financially. I am telling you that what you want most, what is on your heart right now, it is not coming without risk. It is not coming without risk. It's one of my favorite parts of business. I have no desire to jump out of a plane or to do any of that kind of stuff. But I'm an adrenaline junkie for the risks that I want to take in betting on myself and betting on my team and betting on our mission. There is no limit to the amount of times that I will jump off the metaphorical cliff in business trusting that we are going to figure it out on our way down. You design the plane as you're flying and there's a risk that comes with that. If you don't want risk, don't be an entrepreneur. You know what's not risky? Going to collect your average paycheck in your average job with your average boss being your the average mentor that you have in your life, that's that's if you're if you have an aversion to risk, that's your path. And there's nothing wrong with that path unless it's out of integrity with where you're called to go. And my final thought on really establishing yourself in leadership and building that future vision for what you're establishing and growing is operate as the person who is in already that future vision. The person you are today got you to where you are today. You're going to have to evolve if you want the business to evolve, if you want your life to evolve. So what are the habits that you have or hold that are holding you back from your next level? What are the thoughts that you're thinking that are slowing you down in pursuit of your dreams? What are your standard operating procedures, both in your own life and in your business, that are a detriment to where you say you want to go? What standards have you set for yourself that are too low where you need to raise that bar? Yeah, maybe it's just one show a day on Netflix or one glass of wine with dinner. Is it slowing you down? Is it wind at your back or right there in your face? I'm talking to the people who really want to elevate. Not just like, oh, I want to make my next six figures or my next seven figures. It's not about a number. It's about an alignment in purpose. It's about a knowing that you are living out what you're called to do. So you have to identify and be very hyper-conscious of the things that are not the things the person in that future vision would adopt in their life. And it might require some serious stripping down of what's holding you back, some change, some unearthing, and it might be painful. I know I'm probably not selling you on it, but to me, it's worth it. It's worth it. So the final step in that process is that identification of who you actually are called to be, to do the things you want to do, and to start living as that person today. That person will walk you there. You won't just become that person because you do the thing. That's not how it works. You become that person so that the thing can happen. So you can step into what's next for you. I know this process isn't easy, but you didn't sign up for easy. You're not here for easy. It's why you listen to this show, because you've chosen a path other than easy. And I'm right there with you. And if it speaks to you, please hit subscribe and share this so that we can continue to bring you the content that is going to move the dial in the life that you're called to live. Share it, tag us, let us know what you want more of, who you want to hear from so that we can support you in your journey. But go hit subscribe and share this with one person that you know it will speak into their soul, that they need this today. Thanks for tuning in. 
I hope today's episode gave you exactly what you needed. And if it spoke to you, please leave us a review and be sure to subscribe so you don't miss out on the next juicy episode. And don't be shy. I don't bite often. So come connect with me over on Instagram at Eliz Hartke. And if there's a topic or a question, a guest you want to hear on the show or an idea you have for us, just reach out and share your thoughts. We do this for you. So the more you tell us, the more we can serve. We pick a luminary each week from our social posts. So if you want to be entered into our luminary of the week drawing, then comment, save, and share the Instagram post from this episode. We want to lead and spoil you. Thank you for spending some time with me. I really do appreciate you. So tune in next time to keep building that legacy and doing the work that really matters.